Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Crawl Space and Missing Maura Murray fans. Just wanted to bring you a bonus episode this week. Lance and I visited 30 Rock and our buddies at Martinis and Murder, John and Darren. And uh, we had a nice conversation that we recorded. And here it is. And uh, also wanted to let you know, any Boston listeners, they are doing a show on Halloween night, October 31st, 2019, in Boston, Mass., at the Wilbur Theater. You can get tickets still. They are still available. The show is at 7.30 p.m., and there's a link in the show notes. Okay, thanks a lot for listening. On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family through their Facebook page, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Hi, everybody. Hi, guys. John, it just feels like we have a rotating, revolving door of all of our favorite people in the past few weeks. It is kind of strange. The last few weeks, it's been nonstop interviews. Some of the fans have been like, 
wow, lots of interviews lately, guys. I know. I but can't tell like, if it's snarky or not. I can't either, but they're just going to have to deal with it because today. Well, today we have a good, two good things. Yes. One, Matt's not in the room. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. We needed a break, so frankly. this already is going to be a better podcast. Yeah. And then introduce probably the most handsome guests you have on the show, right? I would definitely agree. It's Lance and Tim from Missing Mara Murray and Crawl Space. That's right. Or Lim and Tance, Lim as and I've Tance. said before. Hi, guys. What's How's up? Going? Thanks for being to, here. You know what I realized? Yeah. I don't know that we even talked to you guys about because we were chatting before the show. Of course. I think that you guys were our first in-studio interview. I think that's right. Two wow. years, over two years in ago. In that, that really right? tiny conference room on like the 46th 46 floor. floor. Yeah. So welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Good. You guys are down here on the fourth floor now? Where, this where is like 12th 12. Floor? Close. Okay. Yeah, 12. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you do have a nice little patio out there. Everyone talks about this patio. It's funny. I've Billy, never been out there. Billy Jensen, you haven't? No, I've oh, been out to go. the other one. Okay. Yeah, it's easy to get to. I'll show you how to get to. Oh, sweetie. Thank you. Um, if you see me in person, I'll tell you a fun SNL story about this patio. Oh, okay. Oh, Can't well. talk about it on here. It's uh, super secret. Sorry, guys. But anyway, Billy Jensen was in a couple of weeks ago, and he was just so impressed that like outside of our studio was this beautiful little garden. And I'm like, we can't really go out there right, right now. Right, exactly. But it's I'm, almost like we're a huge media company. It's weird. It's right? weird. <laughs> it, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. Are you guys still okay with recording in here instead of the garden? I don't know. It's don't a know. beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. you gave They're them a nice so, view. This is what I mean. They do a couple podcasts. Right, and exactly. I know. Lance's blue rabbit. eyes are just <laughs> sparkling Piercing off of there. Yes. Um, so you guys do one of our favorite podcasts um, about Maura Murray. And, you know, it's kind of impressive because we always talk about, like, how can you just create more and more episodes considering the case is yet to be solved? And so how has that podcast sort of... I don't know, evolved over time and where are you at with it today? Yeah. What a, what a great que- question. That's Thank you. Loaded question. Yes, yeah. it's loaded. I want you guys to speak today, <laughs> not me. Uh, so we started the podcast in July of 2015. As you know, it, it kind of uh, led to a show done by Oxygen called The Disappearance of Maura Murray that uh, has six episodes. It aired in uh, the fall of 2017. Great it show. It was so good. So great. You so guys good. were so good in it, by the way. I won an but Emmy for it. Did you? No. No, you yeah. did not. <laughs> I was like, why did I say that? I work here and I would definitely <laughs> no. know that. I was really like, you don't know that, John? Shh, <laughs> Mission, edit that Listen, out. Don't punk me on my own. Show. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, yeah. so from there, we have. Uh, I, don't, I guess we just kept doing episodes. I mean, that, that show created content for us, you know, right. It, right. it uncovered things. So we were following that, and I think at the time that that show aired, I want to say we were around episode sixty. We're now uh, well past the hundred mark. Crazy. But at this point. We don't cover every episode isn't about Maura Murray. Right. We um, will cover some other missing person cases and things like that at this point. Yeah, we got involved with uh, Bruce Maitland, who's Bri- Brianna Maitland's father, and that's the other case from that area that happened oh, about right. a month later uh, in the same uh, proximity, about 90 miles away, mm-hmm. and very similar circumstances. And we developed a relationship with her dad, Bruce, and he saw where everything was at with investigating missing people and Mm -hmm. unsolved cases and just the backlog that uh, inevitably happens with law enforcement. So he wanted to start a foundation and he called it, uh, he calls it private investigations for the missing and it's a nonprofit and it is to equip uh, private investigators, licensed private investigators to help families who are still searching for their loved ones. Wow. Wow. Um, And he asked Tim and I to be on the board 
Excellent. Um, this is a podcast, and so no one just saw my face right there. Yeah, but. you're just like, oh, I'm on the board of something. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're, it's cool. We're on the board of that, and yeah. we're, we were trying to figure out how we can contribute because um, you know Tim and I aren't on the board to be like the legal counsel or the sure. accounting right. uh, department. So uh, what we're currently trying to do in helping to raise funds for this is um, use the platform of Missing Moore Murray. And obviously, when there's new information about Moore's case that comes up, we will talk about it. But it's sort of like missing fill in the blank. And yeah. if we get these cases through uh, private investigations for the missing, people have submitted cases. Can you look at my daughter's uh, disappearance, my son's disappearance? So come on the show. Talk about that. And right. that, that's that's uh, an avenue we want to go down and support that nonprofit and also try to, you know, do some. It's a starting point for the people who have missing loved ones. I That's feel so like. Great. Can you guys talk about because you've done so much of your, you sp- spent so much of your own time and probably resources on Mara Murray and eventually you know other cases. Now you're on this board. How important is it that you know funding be kind of raised for these for these investigations? Because it's something that I feel like we don't talk about a lot in true crime, but it's like. And a lot of people, because it is their passion, will volunteer their time. But it's like time is also money, unfortunately, for most of us that are out there trying to make a life and a living. So how important is it to sort of crowdfund, I guess you could say, for these investigations? I think it takes it to the next level. You know, a lot of people will do things for free. We did a a lot of stuff on on these cases and other missing cases for free and using our own... um, resources our own money but at some point to take it to the next level you do need funding if you want to investigate if you want gpr if you want to dig up someone's lawn keep traveling these things they all do cost money yeah and private investigators would be happy to do things for free to help families but that's just simply not the case right they can't they can't you need to afford to get them to a location they need to stay there for up to a week two weeks at a time so there's accommodations and the the number of people that are missing is just astronomical. The right, numbers. exactly. So just, you know, multiply that by 200,000. You know, yeah. how, many, how many private investigators are needed right. to do something like that. So we want to get the ball rolling on the funding, but we know that that it's not at the level it should be. What really needs to happen is right. the next level, which is like corporate funding, yeah. Yeah. which is like uh, significant money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm jumping ahead a little bit to CrimeCon because I feel like that's, and we see each other every year at CrimeCon, and I feel like that's like almost the hardest part for me is seeing these people who are coming just to get their cases even heard and, and either are in poor neighborhoods or the cops are corrupt or whatever is going on. There's not enough resources to solve every single case out there. And it's sort of hard for us because, you know, you're sort of limited passion and intrigue can only go so far and also just i feel like your mental empathy towards people it's yeah. like what's that it's hard well you wouldn't know darren <laughs> but for me it's like you know it, at crime con i would love to hear what you guys think because i know you guys were there the first one just like we were, i think you were there the first one right yeah. yeah and we were as well it's just like mentally you know the mental resources are a lot too because yeah like darren was saying there's a lot of people that are there hoping to get the word out how has your experience with crime con been since the first one to the most recent one in new orleans because it's certainly evolved oh it's gotten bigger yeah yeah Yeah. keeps growing it's wonderful to see everyone interact with audience members and as you said family members you know we get approached by several people we get packets i'm sure you guys yeah we get packets yeah same packets so um you know that that's a good like a good start for us to know that you know it's like we feel like we need to cover those if we're handed a packet yeah. we need to totally um, 
someone came all the way from, you know, Las Vegas or something to give us a packet. And she gave a lot of people packets, this woman I'm talking about specifically. I um, think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Connie Land. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Her daughter, Sydney Land, was killed um, in Las Vegas. And uh, she is an incredible advocate. Fle- again, flew all the way there, handed out, I think she said about 70 packets of a wow. story that wow. she wrote herself about her experience in dealing and coping and grieving with her daughter's murder, unsolved murder. And imagine what that takes just to like fly to New Orleans and take your whole weekend and talk to all these people. It's grassroots. That's how things get started. How do you guys determine what you guys are going to cover or not? Or like what you want to even, because I'm sure you want to go into everything, right? Like obviously, but how do you sort of say, okay, land's going to take priority over... I guess if there's a personal connection like that, we met her, or as right. Lance was saying, the private investigations for the missing email inbox. We've covered some cases that have come into that. Oh, okay. so right. That, um, connection to that. Michael McLean missing from Nashua, New Hampshire. Daniel Sleeper missing from Magnolia, Texas. So, yeah, we, uh, I would say the personal connection is the first thing we look at. And then, you know, it's just an interesting, whatever's an interesting story. Yeah, and the, and the good thing is that the show, I mean, we also have Crawl Space, so that helps as well. So, it's it's not like we're doing one show a month and yeah. you know there's right. this incredible backlog there's plenty of slots to fill for those who don't know tell everybody what yeah, crawl space little, is talk a little about it i mean crawl space was the follow up to missing more murray because we saw that missing more murray was about more murray and we wanted to do something that was a little bit more broad scoped and we had other cases that we wanted to cover one of them was brianna maitland that was really important to us we had a lot of questions about whether the two were connected because it just seemed like they were connected so um it felt right to use Brianna's case as the first case for Crawl Space. And we had Bruce Maitland reach out to us and say, hey, I want to talk about my daughter. And Greg Overacker, the detective, and uh, and Lou, who's the, the police officer who's been working with uh, with Bruce on this. So that, that, was, uh, that was the launching off point. It was also to, to mix it up a little bit, show a little bit more of our personality, because with Missing More Murray, it was, there was a lot of heavy shit that was going totally. on. Totally. Like, yeah. Just with the community and stuff, so it was, we it's just... probably still going on. Oh, it, it's yeah. always going <laughs> yeah, on. So it, it's an, it, was, it acted as a nice break for us. We wanted to look at other cases. Yeah. And we picked uh, the four that we started with, which was like a, a hundred-year-old murder in a small town, the, the, the missing and murdered men that show up in the Charles River in Boston. We just wanted to branch out nice. with, a, with a similar genre you know it's interesting because well by the way before we wrap up on mara yeah because i actually have a few questions there do you guys what is the latest with her because i remember there like i don't know if it was in the spring there was something with um the basement of the the neighbor whatever that i think was inconclusive or whatever can you just give fans who know about marmory and probably watch the show on oxygen just like a quick update on like what the status of that case is sure yeah, of course, Maura went missing in uh, the White Mountains of New Hampshire in 2004, but it's very active. It's it's an active cold case. Oh, I that's think. actually good to know. I didn't that is good that. to know. Yeah, and um, so it, there was a family-led search with cadaver dogs um, that was done, I think, in February maybe of, that sounds uh, right. of this year. And uh, they said that their dogs got a hit in this basement um, which is very close to the crash site, like a stone's throw from where Mora went missing. Because wow. somebody, whoever had lived there, had moved out or whatever, or That's had accurate. passed away or something. So that, then they had access to this house that they didn't have before. Because did right. this family not give access previously? They gave access to the property, but not inside. Got it. Which is, I don't know if that's 100% accurate. Okay. That's just what we, we what, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Murrays were pretty convinced that they got a hit with the cadaver dogs. And 
so then the police went in there, the state police, and I believe some FBI members went in there um, a couple months later in April of 2019, mm-hmm. and they actually dug in that basement, which is what the Murrays weren't able to do. And uh, they said they found nothing. There was no no evidence of Mora there. Interesting. So what could the dog have, quote unquote, hit then? Yeah, there's a lot of conjecture with whether or not a cadaver dog. How accurate or anything. Yeah, yeah, because it really you could run a cadaver dog over a a, a section multiple times. And if you run it over like 10 times, it might hit once. Right. And then you could do it again and it might not hit. There's a lot of lot that goes into it. The time frame, the, the weather. Um, and Tim and I have even sort of theorized that up in that area, there are a lot of like really, and this actually happened where cadaver dogs hit on something and it turned out to be a sort of a washed out graveyard. There are a lot of old graveyards up there. Mm. And if there's some sort of like, uh, like groundwater yeah. that are, that's coming from a graveyard, it could literally be 20 years. That's so interesting. And, and they could get a, they could get a whiff. Yeah. Yeah. And older than 20 years. Yeah. 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 There, uh, Deb Ash, who, uh, worked with us with her cadaver dogs, had a great analogy that I've said a hundred times, but I love analogies. She said, it's, it's like if you spray perfume in a room and you shut the door, like on, on some, right. someone could walk in and get a hit of it. Someone right, could walk exactly. in and just be like, not sure what they're smelling, you know? Yeah. And that's what the, that's what the cadaver dogs, that's how it acts with cadaver dogs is if the humidity is right, if the wind flow is right, um, something in a basement like that, you know, who even knows? Yeah, yeah, I mean, concrete is very porous, so something could be coming up. It could have something to do with how the ground is thawing out. This was in April, so right. Right. getting it's a bit of a thaw going. So many different factors could run into yeah. it. I think the police are satisfied that there was no evidence of a of Mora there, but I don't think the family is necessarily satisfied. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah. got to be so crushing for them to think that they have a hit of something and then it's yeah. sort of backtracks. Um, I'm curious, like when you guys hear new information about Mora Murray, where are you getting it from? Like, what's your first source? Like the press or the police well, or we, the families? We, we get uh, we get messages in really uh, mysterious ways. We meet in parking garages. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. wow, this is like the Sopranos of the podcast <laughs> yeah, world, yeah. right? I, I tape a uh, with masking tape. I put an M on my window and shine a light on it. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah. Emails. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, mostly emails <laughs> yeah. and texts from uh, people that are involved uh, that we work with behind the scenes. You know, and it's. Mostly people that you guys know, people who are on the show and things like that. And I remember when we talked two years ago, you know, there was like that mysterious like YouTube guy that said Mm -hmm. he knew and had all these weird messages. And how do you know kind of what's a hoax and what's not? Do you just test every single person that reaches out to you or no? I mean, with with emails, it's there's there's a a rule of thumb that I have, which um, is if I look at the email on my phone and I have to like scroll more than like four times, then there's something wrong. There's probably something wrong. You want short and sweet. I, well, brevity is okay. Yeah. You know, you're right. saying that because you feel like nobody who has accurate evidence would yeah. write that much? Yeah. It, if there, <laughs> Why is that, though? It, it might be a focus thing, I think, really. Like, if, huh. you know, I think a lot of the emails we get, it's it's like a brain dump from people. Sure. And I think at that point, you know, as as the creators of the podcast for almost five years now, like, we kind of know that that's not real info. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Love, and I'm fine with it. We love right. that they right. send it to us. For sure. Give us all your thoughts. But, but um, as far as, like, credibility, like, legit yeah. case information. 
information. If you have case information and you're a responsible person, you're probably not reaching out to podcasters, right? Yeah. Away. I mean, not saying don't. Oh, yeah, right. But never police should probably be your first. It should yeah. be, but a lot yeah. of people don't like talking to police. Right. If also, I'm, double periods. Sorry. <laughs> double periods. Triple periods is even yeah. worse. Yeah. Lots, lots of those. It, you know, I mean, if an email says, like, oh, I've submitted this to the police, you know, or I've spoken with them and, and they're doing nothing and here's here's what I'm saying. And then that's a little hint, right? Maybe right. that's a hint that that's they don't true. like the police, yeah. but it could be a hint that they have something interesting. At least they're willing to talk to the police about it. Since your involvement five, six years ago, um, how have you seen that community kind of change and shift? Wow. Uh, God, that's loaded another questions. loaded Sorry, question. guys. You're, I'm hitting you in all angles this yeah. morning. It may be too early. Like Frost Nixon here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Frost. Yes. <laughs> um. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. I think that the community has changed in a way where they're a lot more open to separating themselves from their theory that they once were so passionate about once it gets proven to not be true. Right. And I think they look at the the, the dots and they connect them and then... For the most part, I feel like they say, well, even though I thought this, it just doesn't make sense and I am forcing it. So I need to take a step back and not that's force it. That's great because that's only going to lead to better thoughts and theories in the long run. Well, anyway. Use that energy to look at something yeah, else exactly. instead. Right, of exactly. Keep your eyes it. open. Yeah. 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 Was the neighbor that uh, this dog hit on, was that the school bus driver? No. Is he still alive? What is he up to? He is not alive. Okay. Um, he moved to Florida shortly, uh, a few years after Maura went missing, which apparently was in the plans before she went missing. Right. Okay. And uh, then he eventually passed away. Got it. Okay. Interesting. He was a, a person of interest in my head. At least. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on from Mara because uh, we actually have a digital series on oxygen.com called Searching For that uh, focuses on three separate cases of people who have gone missing. Yeah. Kia, Jenna, and Nancy. Um, what are your thoughts about just solving cases using social media and crowdsourcing? I mean, you guys are maybe the leading experts on crowdsourcing and kind of in this kind of focused investigation. Where do like you this. start? Like seems daunting. Yeah. Like what, and, and also like what advice would you give to people listening that maybe want to participate in solving something that they well, see and have passion for? So many loaded questions. I know. I sorry. Thinking, first of all, uh, being the leading expert is funny I know. because <laughs> we've recently actually Tim dubbed us, um, <laughs> the, the poor man's Jensen and holes. Which, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you're I, not I can't the even expert. Say, I can't yeah, right now, saying, it, they are Emmy award winning podcasters. You know, yeah, yes, but, but it's not like you have to afford to listen to yeah. Jensen and Holes. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Any more money? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like the literal context is what cracks me up. Yeah, about. right. Exactly. I know. Sorry about that. But you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah. So what? Do you, so what? What do you think about crowdsourcing investigations and for people who want to participate in them? I mean, I think social accounts are great. I think Facebook groups are great. I think everything needs to have uh, an email address or a phone number to where you can actually send a legitimate tip or right. information if you have it. You know, And I think that should be um, the first thing that's encouraged always yeah. is, is giving what you can to the police. Now, I get, I get it that some people won't ever want to talk to the police, and they still could be credible. Yeah, so that's true. Then I think you have to dig in, dig in a little deeper and get on a phone call with these people. Yeah, I think historically, law enforcement has always worked with the public. Um, yeah. Way back, the public's always contributed to uh, open investigations. We now live in a social media age, and 
for whatever reason, people love a mystery because they want to solve something. They want to untangle a knot and right. this helps. And they're going to use social media to do that because it's like being a, like a, like an old, like gumshoe detective, Yeah, but totally. you don't have to leave your house Yeah, and you can right. actually do something good That's because true. we can see that. Um, so I feel like, you know, regulations have to be put in place and, but it's just going to happen. So you should make sure that there are, uh, you know, a certain like parameters to operate around. I imagine there's like a fine line between convincing someone who has a tip to talk to the police and sort of scaring them away from talking at all. And like, what is that line? Like, have you guys flirted with both sides of it? And what does that look like? And how do you convince someone to go to the authorities? Really good questions. Um, I think I think it's just get the story and then see what yeah. to do with it afterwards. Okay, you know I think that's the first step anyway. Is get the story offline. You know, take notes or, or record it if they're okay with that. Yeah, and if there's any like hint or indication that there's some credibility to it, we will deliver that to law enforcement. To the law enforcement, we we Got will it. deliver that to the cold case unit. Um, we don't. We, we, we would never look at something and say, right. oh, well, they're going to think we're stupid for 40. Like, I feel, I feel embarrassed. But they want as much information sure. as possible. Yeah. So I, I would encourage everybody yeah. who's looking into something um, to, to have a relationship or at least start a dialogue with them. And maybe that's just an e- you know, a f- several emails to them that are not responded to, which yeah. is probably the most likely thing. But at least they're aware that you're out there and you're looking for and something. And it's documented right. and the process yeah. has been followed. Yeah. And yeah. hey, you, they reached out to somebody for some reason they reached out to podcasters for some reason they want something to come out of that right so there are ways to get that into the right hands got it and is it one of those types of things where it's like no tip is too small or too stupid it might not even be a tip but just call in see if we can investigate something you never know sure but i also feel like you know we as as leading experts in podcasters in true crime you want to be a leading expert today (laughs) i'm just saying i think it's important to let people know that like you know a theory in your head versus something you've researched with facts are two very different things. So be, be mindful of that before you go to law enforcement. Yeah, don't send anyone on a wild goose chase. Yeah, obviously. exactly. That's a- because everybody, I feel like our, our audiences just true crime genre in general want to participate in this genre. And that can sometimes lead to, you know, maybe brain dumps, like you were just right. saying mm-hmm. in the email. And so let, you know, that's not helpful in the long run, frankly, yeah. not yeah. to put anybody down, but no. you know. yeah. But if someone speaks knowingly about a case, exactly. which is something that we get sometimes in emails and anytime that that happens, it goes right to the police because yeah. we, I'm not even going to f- worry about filtering it, to be honest. Sure, yeah. um, if someone says, Oh, I think I know this is what happened. And right. you know, then it just goes. Yeah, totally. And a lot of times th- they don't actually mean they know what happened, you know? Right. Exactly. Right. So tell me about American Crime Fest. That you sounds guys, fun. Yeah. You guys have uh, something like on the dock here that we were talk, going to talk yeah. about this. Do you so, see my headshot up there? Like what's <laughs> it? Is, am I like the and main thing? Yeah. What is it? So have you seen the Firefest documentary? <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. You're, you're familiar with Ja Rule? Yeah. Yes. Very familiar. We How play does the, Ja Rule connect into true yes, crime? Yes. That's what I want to know. Well, we play the Ja Rule uh, role in, the, in this ah. version of the documentary. So you guys serve cheese sandwiches to like a bunch of prisoners or like what's going on here? Thankfully not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, not yet. Yeah. Essentially it was, is like a mini kind of, uh, expo that we were planning with, um, some people mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it fell through. Mm. Um, and it wasn't, uh, I, I don't mind saying it wasn't yeah. our fault at all. Um, we, we were willing to give our own money to keep this going, but wow. um, these again, people, resources, right now, unbelievable. And then these people, uh, canceled it without our, um, permission yeah without a proper discussion it was just over email 
Wow. And Did they say why? Yeah, well, it, okay, so to use my words delicately, <laughs> they anticipated a bigger profit quicker. Uh, and they did not don't we all yeah they didn't they didn't understand nor did they properly communicate or listen to concerns that we had on our end about the the location and the time frame for sure like a, for, so it was like business businessy related stuff it yeah. wasn't yeah, necessarily interest or whatever no yeah. yeah tim and i and and the partners that we were on our side were mm-hmm. talking with and they were helping us our our goal was to 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 push through yeah. and, and have the festival. We lined up an incredible assortment of uh, journalists, uh, advocates. That was, that was the hardest thing to, to see sure. happen was that all these advocates, we had to say like, Oh, it's, yeah. it's canceled it's so or postponed. Yeah. Um, so they were all lined up and, and we were thinking worst case scenario, we restructure. So it doesn't look like, you know, yeah. It, it, you know, we would be completely transparent and say that yeah. this thing did not sell out. So we're restructuring. It's not in a big room now. It's in a small room, whatever. Yeah. And we were, we were willing to put our money in and, and possibly lose money just to push through and just to have it continue in the future. And that was not on their agenda. So wow. they sent the email saying, um, we're, we're pulling out. And then within minutes they took down the, um, Wow. Ticket selling the ticket selling link. Well, in wow. fairness, they said they were going to move forward and postpone it, which makes no sense uh, if you break down that sentence. Yeah, yeah no, right. that's, that's the opposite of what it's Moving saying. Forward, yeah, just yeah. from general right. logic, that yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, and, I'm sorry to hear so, that. But yeah. I, so I don't know if they're doing something again with that crime fest, but we are not involved with them at all, and uh, I don't think most of the people we brought in were are going to do anything with them either. Got it. Yeah, that's and probably it, smart. It just shows like their their foresight. We yeah. we were talking about postponing and. We said August would be a good time because there's nothing going on. You're far enough removed from Crime Con. Right. You don't totally. want to be. You don't want to ever be competition with something like that when exactly. you're starting off. Sure. You want to. You want to actually work together. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can coexist and and have crossover. Right. Yeah, it's totally. all helpful information. Yeah. You know? So then yeah. they they put the announcement out that the next American Crime Fest, the postponement date, is going to be sometime in the spring. That's exactly when CrimeCon is. So it's okay. like, what do you? You don't even listen to just like obvious advice, yeah. right? Exactly. Obvious advice. Don't do it at the same time as crime. People aren't going to go to two crime festivals. Yeah, right. Same month. Reminds me of group therapy right now. Yeah, seriously. Oh, I kind of like it though. Great. Yeah, I know. Isn't the view nice? <laughs> but let's talk about your your Wilbur show. Well, yeah. thank you. That yes. is not a hoax, that and we're not going to be serving cheese sandwiches there. We unless are not you want rule. Them, unless you want them. You, yeah, we'll case, do cheese. But yeah. I feel like booze is better than cheese sandwiches. Yeah, booze is definitely better yeah we're doing the live show at the wilbur and um on halloween very excited you guys are from the boston area so um we don't know what to expect because we've never done a live show in boston before so any tips and tricks a lot of booze a lot of free tom brady chants oh no (laughs) still doing the yankees suck i will wear my yankee shirt Uh, this is no one will show up and it's my fault but that's fine (laughs) i feel comfortable taking on the responsibility back into my like serena williams (laughs) funko collectibles corner over here well i sort of want to give at least a little rundown of what we would be talking about at the Wilbur. Yeah, just maybe to get, you guys have heard of some of maybe this Maybe to get yeah. to, you know, wet your whistles on the <laughs> mysteries that we're going to be covering. So yeah. we're going to be doing a live show and we're talking several cases. Um, one of the cases I'm going to wait because we have exclusive footage, so I don't want to spoil that for everyone. Well, but we are going to be guess? talking a little, what'd you say? Can we guess? Sure. No, I was going <laughs> to say like, I don't know, I'm not even sure if I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite scary movies is The Shining. 
And so uh, in order to sort of honor that, we have a few mysteries. First off, you guys have heard of Elisa Lam, right? right? The elevator girl. You've watched that video. Yes. Do you have any conjecture of what happened? Any any opinions? It's definitely supernatural. No, no. Yeah, oh, I it's love It's some that. ghost. Totally. Keep that. Keep that I in mind. I am on that bandwagon, so no yeah. need to follow up with that. Do you think I it's a cover-up or do you think we I just don't know? I, I think she uh, found herself there herself. I think she had some... Uh, Mental illness, potentially, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me give you a few uh, backgrounds on these two cases. Just a little information. We have Roland T. Owen. Seems he was bound and tortured at room 1046 of a Kansas City hotel in 1935. Roland T. Owen wasn't his real name. He had no luggage. He kept the blinds down and the room dark. Sounds like you, John. Mm -hmm. He was going to be buried as as John Doe, excuse me, because no one knew uh, who he was. But an anonymous donor sent money for a funeral. A bouquet of roses also paid for anonymously was placed on the grave and the card read love forever louise no one has ever discovered the identity of louise but roland t owen's real identity was discovered later how fucking wow. crazy is that what what is that what, exactly where, where did this happen uh this kansas happened city? in kansas city in 1935 why does that sound so familiar was, was there Were something about the, the anonymous donor? Yeah, I mean, like I was going to say, uh, you know, you're talking it's about like, crowdfunding here. And like, like what, where did that money go that one time to that, Kansas City? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I wired it. Yeah, right. You Venmoed it in 1935 retroactively. Right. And the right. other one we're going to talk about <laughs> is retroactively. retroactively. Rose Burkert, who was 22, and Roger Atkinson was 32. They checked into a hotel room in Iowa in 1980, already fucked. Uh, they were having an affair. They were found the next day with severe head trauma. His fingers were severed. She had taken a restraining order out on an ex-boyfriend. And after they broke up, she thought he wanted to hurt her and he killed her dog. Mm. Not a good sign. He was married. So could the wife have been responsible? His uncle was also a serial killer who killed 16 people and had just escaped from a mental institution. Oh, fun time. Big in the depths here. You definitely want to come to the Wilbur to hear these stories. I'm assuming off someone's fingers. Yeah. Well, Well, that's I think that's got to be part of the mystery. It has to be part of the mystery. Either like. Like wedding ring on that thing, you know, like fingerprints, something there yeah. has to be. That was 1980. This was 1980 in Iowa. The man's hand at his fingers cut off. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's uh, a man touching the woman, right? So it was yeah. obviously the ex-boyfriend who did it. Obviously. Oh, we solved it. We solved done. No All need right. to do it. Don't come the to the Wilbur. Show's canceled. Sorry guys. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> it's just welcome. like American crime fest <laughs> done. Hoax. Um, completed. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll see one or both of you there. Cause it's interesting. Yeah. Scenario. If not, we get it. You guys have Halloween plans probably all set up. I said I was going to. I was going to say Lance Matt. did say he was going to be <laughs> dressed true. up as Matt, so I'm looking forward to that. You're not the first person to say that, though. So there might be a Matt the bartender reindeer Terrifying. costume. Sorry, uh, let me let me stop you. It's yeah. uh, bartender. 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 Oh yeah, we got to go to the bar. You do that. You you say, hey, it's at martinis and murder martinis at the Wilbur. At the Wilbur. <laughs> You're good. Oh, I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Actually, already, work on it. You've already won over the audience. Yes, good. That's Low good. standards here in Boston. Listen, I just asked for tips. That's a great yeah, tip. That's lovely. right. Love Thank it. you. That's right. Um, before we wrap up, because this has been really fun, and honestly, we could literally sit here for hours and hours and just Definitely. shoot the shit with you guys. But uh, you mentioned the Sheila Shepard murder, um, oh. or you have it in our show notes. What did you want to say about that particular case? Because I think it's an interesting one. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we did this thing uh, in Albany, the ASOC uh, conference, um, and we were met by a couple of detectives from Sarasota 
uh, Springs. Saratoga Springs. What did I just say? Sarasota. Sarasota. Yep. Jesus That's Christ. That's right. <laughs> um, I was just looking outside. It's so gorgeous. It's where it's American so Crime Fest is going to be in 2020. <laughs> That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a 40-year-old murder. It happened in 1980 in Saratoga Springs. Oh, and wow. it's the only uh, documented unsolved murder in their history. And the wow. police, it's a very rare um, convergence of, um, of of sort of information and, and timing. Uh, they're... Um, Superiors said that they could do whatever it takes to get the case moving again and see if they can get answers, including podcasts, including social media. Mm -hmm. And these guys reached out to us and opened up everything, Uh, the case file, everything. So we went there and shot with them some documentary type footage. And and we're going to be doing a series on Sheila Shepard. The circumstances of her death are incredibly confusing. Um, I mean, perplexing it's not yeah. confusing yeah, it's very yeah, straightforward yeah. Right. but the why is very sure. perplexing but it's a really unique opportunity to sit down with current and former detectives open up case files and and talk about it with them it's absolutely amazing. wow that's yeah. incredible good for you guys for continuing your passion for this by the way thanks i mean who knows i mean not everybody that gets these opportunities would run with them the way you guys are doing it. So good job to really keep it going. The, the money and the drugs <laughs> and the women. Yeah. That really keeps it going for <laughs> you guys. It's a rock and roll lifestyle of a podcaster. I know it. I know it. Yeah. Basically Listen. the Motley crew. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Sid and Nancy of it all. Tim, were you going to say something? I didn't know um, if I cut you off or nah, not. nothing. About okay. It. Sounds good. <laughs> something about drugs and booze or something like that. Well, I was going to sure. say before we wrap up officially, the very last agenda item that you guys uh, added is just simply booze. Oh. And I wanted to check yeah. in on that and make sure um, you weren't interested in, in something. We are recording this episode super early, so we did not. Yeah, have it's, a, it's, for you it's guys. before noon. <laughs> so, you know. Um, were you just curious what the booze was going to be? I think I probably had some booze. I was going to say, this is like Saturday. Put it in there. <laughs> He's like, let me get it's, on It's Google. the theme of our shows anyway. It yeah. doesn't really matter. I wonder I spelled it right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much yes. for coming in and Thank giving you. us the updates. We can't wait to see you at CrimeCon next year. Absolutely. John will be in Harry Potter World, but I, I, will. Will, I will, be will be there. there. I will be there. Like Harry Potter World's in Orlando, right? It is. Okay, correct. good. Oof. Look at her. I got that right. After all these years. Uh, oh, he's yeah. going. Oh, yeah. he's going every day. Before we wrap up, where can people find you guys on social media? What show should they be tuning into? Yeah. What's your plug? Check out Crawl Space. Crawl Space. You can find us at Crawl Space Pod on Twitter, Crawl Space Podcast on Instagram, and Laura uh, Murray as well. The website, crawlspace-media.com. Perfect. If you can't remember any of the other things, and there's links. <laughs> we'll put it, it in our show notes. Our show. Yes. yes, we'll put it in our Tim show notes. Thank, Thank you guys. guys Thank you. And Thank we'll you. see you guys next time. Bye. See you at the Wilbur. Yes, yeah. see you at the Wilbur. Bye. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. 
Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.